Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. So my name is Shelly Pugh. Um, I go by AKA the financepreneur. And so I've been a full-time entrepreneur for the past 10 years, uh, 10 years. And I have also been able to help people, you know, just structure themselves a little bit better financially speaking and actually becoming financially literate because I realized that a lot of people didn't really understand how money worked. Um, so that's how I came up with that name, the financepreneur. Um, and it's been a it's been a very wild ride, right? All of my financial um, and entrepreneur journey has totally been by faith. Um, so really, what I do is I help other people who are aspiring to jump into these waters, these entrepreneurial waters, have the faith that it takes, right? So that way you have the grit that matches the grind. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. Um, so as far as my entrepreneurial journey, like I said, I started 10 years ago. I got started in real estate. So real estate kind of sparked it all for me as far as actually making the move. Because even though you work for a company, a firm is very much so independent. So it gave me that boost to say, I can do this. you know. And so it went from working on site for a realtor and turning into working for a builder. And I love working for the builder. You know, the sales side was great, but I really love watching something being made from nothing. You know, like talking to people about the house they want and just looking at an empty plot of land and then their dream house showing up a couple months later. So I love that. And I said, you know, at that time, um, I was about 21, 22-ish. At that time, my builder was 32. And I said, I could totally be doing this. I, I could see myself doing this. And so that that interest was sparked. And so I went on, uh, got educated, became a licensed residential builder. And so I said, this is the dream. I'm getting ready to build some big old brand new houses. And it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> well, little did I know uh, that was not how it was going to work because I didn't have big old brand new house backing, you know, financial backing. And so I had humble beginnings. I started off helping uh, those of low to very low income get their houses repaired for free through grant funding through the state of South Carolina. And so that was a totally different path because it, nothing about it was glamorized how I thought, but it was very rewarding. It taught me what I needed to know um, about the industry. And, and most, most importantly, I was helping people. You know, so it went back to making an impact in somebody's life, somebody who can never get the job done themselves because lack of money, you know, um, not having the resources. And so to be a saving grace to somebody was so rewarding. It's something that I never even knew that I wanted, you know, um, but it was to be a part of somebody's betterment in life. You know, they feel good when they come home now and they know that their house is safe and has it free. That made me feel great. So, you know, along the journey, sometimes it doesn't start out how you think, but it still becomes rewarding. And so I've been helping people to understand that if you feel like you've been called to entrepreneurship, um, you know, I want to help you with that. I want to help you understand that it takes confidence, it takes faith, and it takes being flexible. And so I've just been able to share my journey with people 
and help them get on that path. I love it. You mentioned confidence, faith, and flexibility. I think those are all things that not just in building a business, but just in life, you know what I mean, can be pivotal in your ability to handle life's challenges, um, to be stretched when, when you know, things don't go as planned. So I oftentimes kind of say your entrepreneurial journey is inherently a personal growth journey. Like you can't mm separate the two. And that's what it kind of sounds like as you, as you mentioned what it was like for you, right? You grew through the process and also how you watch other people grow. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and so, you know, and I tell people, you know, people always say, um, you know, it's business. It's not personal. They're separate. I'm like, yeah. And no, when it's entrepreneurial, it is very much so the same, you know, because it's what I do, what I produce is how I survive. You know, my emotions are attached to this because it's all me. You know, when you're still in that solopreneur stage, you know, when everything is like riding on your shoulders. And so you really have to have the fortitude. You have to have the, uh, what I call the stickability, you know, to see this thing through because it is very much so personal. I love it. So, you know, for you, when you're working with people who are maybe um, feel called, but they maybe don't have a, let's say, a degree in um, business or a background in entrepreneurship, what would you say is maybe like a starting point for someone who's interested in that realm? Um, Because I know a lot of the people that are listening are like creatives or come from different backgrounds, but, you know, being a business person is a part of what they, of what comes along with what they want to do in their greatest vision. So where would you tell that person to start that has like no, no history, no, no understanding? Yeah. Well, that was me, you know, um, and, and I'll tell you about some other things I've done along that, this journey, um, cause none of them are relative to each other, but I had no, no knowledge of what I was going into, you know, I mean, surface level, you know, so the, the first thing was, having the desire, right? I had the desire to do it. I could envision myself doing it. And so I went on the strengths that I had. I said, okay, I know that I'm resilient. I have perseverance. You know, I, you know, I got, I, got, I got a little bit of smarts, you know, so I got some brains on me. Um, and then admit what you don't know, right? I didn't try to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to DIY it. And I'm going to try to figure every single thing out on my own. You know, wisdom tells you what you don't know, find somebody who does. So that was a really big thing for me, doing the research. Now, I didn't get stuck in the research phase because a lot of people do that. They'll research themselves to kingdom come. You know, it's like, I'm going to, I just don't have all the information yet. And you don't have to have all the information. You just need enough for each point. You know, so what do I need to get started? So let me research this. Let me find that part out. Who can I connect with? Who has reached a level of success in this industry that I can go and talk to? You know, whether that's somebody who can mentor me, somebody who can just give me a nugget that I can run with, or somebody who's going to hold my hand. You know, it comes at different levels, um, but get all the information that you can. That that was key for me, like really admitting what I don't know and being being coachable so somebody can show me. 
I love that because I think what happens a lot of the time is that for whatever reason, maybe someone has a fear of being judged or rejected or like being seen as not good enough or something that then they they want to cover up or mask the things that they don't know and mm-hmm. act like act like they can, you know, um, fumble their way through it or or try to make it work. But I think that maybe someone is shooting themselves in the foot essentially when they don't get honest with knowing and claiming what they know and also knowing and claiming what they don't know. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, uh, insecurity because, you know, when you see someone doing something, you have that perception that they're an expert at it. You know, so you feel like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to be the expert or at least I need to have the persona of an expert. And so I think it's a little bit of um, some insecurity of not knowing that causes people sometimes to act like I do know it. You know, it's kind of like an oxymoron. You know, I almost can't even put it into words, but a lot of times that's what I've seen. Like people don't want to admit what they don't know because they don't want to be judged for it, you know, because they feel like, well, if I don't know, do I have the audacity to still go after it? You know? I love that. So what what would you say? Because maybe some the, the question is, uh, who do you admit it to? How do you admit it? You know what I mean? And maybe some people have also been burned that if they've tried to admit something, um, the way that someone responded to ha- them admitting that they don't know, now they have like a scar, you know, like because someone didn't respond uh, yeah. with kindness and compassion, even if you're giving someone feedback or criticism, right? The way in yeah. which they leave it um, kind of leaves a, a scar or an imprint that makes them insecure. How would you say that, or who would you say for them to um, share this honest truth with? Um, and then, right, what if they've what if they've tried to be honest and it didn't work or it backfired on them? And you know, this is this is tricky because a lot of entrepreneur, if you don't have a tribe, it is a very lonely journey. Okay. And so you are wondering, well, who can I talk to? Who can I share this with? You know, and so you have to find um, you have to find that person. And it doesn't have to be somebody that, you know, really, you know, I mean, especially when you think about social media now. Right. So who is in that industry or in that niche that you admire who is open and receptive? Right. It doesn't have to be somebody who's on a huge level, but you can see they're doing what it is you want to do. They might have a group you can join, a mentorship, you know, a community where it is a free and safe space that you can talk to someone. Or you might have someone um, who's been encouraging you along the way. And maybe they don't have the answers, but at least you can vent, get it off your chest and say, this is where I am. You know, this is what's hindering me. You know, what what do I do next? Because sometimes you just need that sounding board. You know, so for me, a lot of the time that sounding board was my mom. Uh, simply, she didn't really have the answers all the time, but I knew it was a safe place, you know, to express what I was going through because I hadn't found a tribe yet. I hadn't connected with other entrepreneurs who understood my thought process or who understood, you know, the struggles that I was going through. And so it still felt good to be able to talk to someone until the pieces started to connect. And so that's when I really had to really hone in on my faith, right? I said, okay, um, 
I feel like this is my calling to life, my purpose. I feel like this is what God has told me to do. So I have to have faith in that. Then I have to have faith in myself, you know, that I can do this. And then once you start having this faith, you really do start to attract yourself to the right places. And so mentors really kind of just start to bump into you in the most unpredictable places. So not to get off topic real quick, because I want to answer the second part of your question. Um, But I know what it's like. Well, this kind of leads into that. I know what it's like to get burned, right? When you try to admit something and somebody's like, well, then you shouldn't be trying to do it because you're in over your head. You don't know this and you don't know that. And that does cause you to shut down. So that's why I was saying that faith in yourself has to really be strong. You know, that that persistence has to really rise up in you and that resilience has to rise up because words hurt. People can say, you know, words don't matter. They matter. Words hurt and it can cause you to retreat, you know, and so your mind really has to be fortified that I'm in this thing to win it. So I told you all about um, being in the construction industry, right? So I started off very young. I was 23 when I got started and I'm a black female, right? So I was going into a white, older male dominant industry. You can imagine <laughs> it was not necessarily the most attractive um, and most welcoming industry to me. So even sometimes when the inspector was talking to me, you know, who's old enough to be my father, he would ask me questions. And this is like my first or second job. So I'm still learning stuff along the way. And, you know, they would roll their eyes or they would say, well, you don't know this. This is like um, something that you should know. Well, I don't know yet because I'm just getting started. And then you have to remember, everybody had to get started. You know, you're 30 years older than me. So no, I don't know what you don't, you know, but I'm here and I'm asking you, right? What else should I know? And so when I begin to ask those questions and not be defensive about it or feel like, oh, you shot me down, they begin to open up and tell me this is what you look for. You know, this is how you spot this. This is how you feel for this you know, look, look for these signs. So those same people that I felt, um, were kind of attacking me, I had to open up and say, you know, even though it hurt, even though I had to admit it, I don't know. Right. You do know you've been doing this forever. Show me, show me what I should know. You know, what are the, what is the inside scoop? What is, what is the trick of the trade? You know, there's always somebody who knows that and has that, that answer. And so even though you've been burned, you can't allow those burns to keep you down. You know, you got to keep going. Hmm. So, you know, in the process of being stretched by your, you know, your entrepreneurial journey, which all of this sounds like it, it forces you to do um, for someone who, let's say, is is killing it proverbially, like in their in their progress and in their process, what would you say are some key elements to someone who seems to be doing well, making progress toward their goals um, in the right headspace? Are there common factors that you've recognized for yourself and maybe for some of your clients that contribute to um, contribute more to success? Yeah, well, the first one is optimism. You know, um, that is the very first thing that I always notice in people who um, have a level of success because, you know, everybody has their own definition of success. I've noticed, you know, but what I have noticed is that they all have this optimism, like everything is going to work out. Like regardless of how it looks now, I saw the bigger picture. 
I'm sold on the bigger picture and I am going to reach that. You know, I'm going to reach that goal. I've already reached it in my mind. I'm just catching up, you know, in reality. And so I, I think it's optimism. Again, it goes back to that resilience and really being a problem solver. So if you can always solve a problem or have the solution to a problem, it's going to cause you to succeed at a rapid rate, you know, because you you are literally the answer to somebody's prayer. You know, like you are literally saying this was the issue, but I've got you covered, you know. And so that just begins to create this lifestyle of success around you. And then it spills over into other areas of your life. You know, so it might have started off with a success in business where, you know, I've been getting all all of the contracts that I want. But it was because I had that optimism. You know, I I didn't stop. I didn't I didn't fail at it. I didn't I didn't allow myself to fold or surrender or retreat. And so those same characteristics, they spill over to other areas of your life. And that's how I see success. It's just reaching your goals, whatever your goals are, you know, achieving them. And then it has to be holistically. Like I don't want to be successful in one area and then failing somewhere else. You know, so I feel like um, like you said before, the the journey of entrepreneurship is kind of tied up. You know, it's it's this beautiful, chaotic uh, roller coaster ride of life, business, relationships, and finance, kind of all wrapped up and packaged together. Wow. Now, if someone knows this, the kind of the formula or the factors that contribute to success. For those who you've seen have had a really tough time, the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Um, hitting every wall, maybe. Um, what would you say are some of the common factors there? Okay. So I'm going to tell you a story real quick. Okay, I'm not going to be long with it. I'm going to tell you a story. So I told you I got started with in the construction industry, okay? So simultaneously, that I've been doing that for years. So then about five years ago now, 2015, my younger sister was graduating from college and she was majoring in theater and dance. And so it was all fun and games while she was in school. (laughs) Now we live in South Carolina, okay? It's not like really in LA or New York where there's a lot of theaters and movies and, you know, stuff being produced. So right before graduation, it hit me and I said, well, Megan, what are you really going to do? You know, like, because she didn't want to be like a dance instructor at a studio. I said, well, what are you going to do? And it, for some reason, it's like I was carrying her burden of how was she going to make this successful? So I said, okay, I need to come up with a solution for her. This is my thought process. (laughs) So I said, oh, I got it. I got it. If you have this same issue, it has to be other people that have the same issue. So how about we create this event around it? And we'll get all these dancers and actors together and we'll hold master classes and we'll have a, a big performance and showcase. And, oh, the ideas were just going off in my head. Right. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> OK, so, I was like, this is what we're going to do. I'm telling her all about it. She doesn't. She's like, I just want to dance. You know, like, I don't really care about all that. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Because then this is creating a buzz around who you are. This could be something big. And then it's like your degree goes with it, you know, all this stuff. So hot off the press, full of energy and zeal. I was like, we're doing it. We're going full throttle. Okay. So 
within that, from that one idea, I created a three-day performance festival with 30 classes, 30 master classes from almost every type of dance genre you could think of, acting, and two showcases. And we had um, a street blocked off, well, it was more like an alley blocked off in downtown Charleston for more of like the um, the festival portion. Oh my God, it was it was this massive thing, right? <laughs> so while it's still in the idea phase, I am geared up, ready to go, getting sponsors lined up, getting permits, getting venues. I mean, it is just fantabulous, okay? Now, it's actually time for stuff to happen. And me not being a part of the dance industry, I got hit at every corner I turned. I mean, blow after blow, hit after hit. As soon as I got a contract on one venue, another one canceled. Uh, Then, uh, honest to God truth, 30 days before the event, our main venue, the rigging system failed. They had to cancel. So here I am 30 days out and our event is homeless. So I've got to go and find another venue in downtown Charleston 30 days out. Every place is booked. You know, so it was just like hit after hit. Started running, you know, didn't really have any funding to begin with. I was doing it all by faith and and zeal, you know, and based it on sponsorships. I mean, blow after blow. I was like, oh my God, this beautiful thing is turning into an epic fail, you know? I hate it. Now. <laughs> Get me out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. But I couldn't cancel because I had people contracted to come. You know, um, so we've got all these agreements and I can't bail now because I'm too far in. We're only 30 days out. And I want to go and run under somebody's desk and just hide until it's over because I just kept getting blow after blow. You know, people in the industry calling you know, from the time I started asking, like, well, who are you? You know, you're not part of the community. And I'm just like, see the bigger picture. I don't have to be a part of the community to want to be a part of the solution. You know, just all this stuff. And so mm-hmm. when the when the event is was over, and I'm, I'm trying to keep it short, because I mean, you can imagine with that many moving parts, how much stress it oh was. <laughs> when the event was over, I was so emotionally, mentally, physically and spiritually drained that I retreated for like 30 days. It was so bad. I went and stayed at my parents' house (laughs) in the guest room because it was just like, I needed to hide. It was like, I have got, I didn't have any, like I had taken my last blow. You know, I had just enough strength to save face to see the event through, but I was so bruised. I was so burned. I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. So even though the event happened, even though the people had fun, I had a lot of issues on the back end. I had a lot of rejection. You know, a lot of things happened and transpired. And so it caused me to become paralyzed. I couldn't do any work. Like, I'm not even kidding. I couldn't do any work. Every time I would open my laptop, I, I would paralyze. I would shake. I would get stuck, you know. Um, and it took me no joke, about four months to get myself in the headspace of the only way you're going to get over this is to do it again. You're going to do it again. You're going to get yourself together. You're going to go and talk to these people, the same people who 
laughed you to scorn when you tried to tell them what you were doing. And what it came down to, and this won't be for everybody, but what it came down to was I was doing something that people in that industry wanted to do, but hadn't didn't have the courage to do it, you know? And so I was getting a lot of resistance. So it was just resistance after resistance. So I went and I talked to these people. Hey, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> do you want to be a part of it this time? What's the feedback from last time? How are we going to do this? Right? So the feedback was, you know, what you did was something great. You brought the community together. But it, in all honesty, we don't need someone to facilitate local talent. We need someone else to come in and do that. So I heard the feedback, right? So I said, okay, well, what I'm going to do next go around, we'll do it different. So instead of using local instructors and local talent, we'll get somebody who already has some notoriety. So I found someone um, who, who's out of New York. Who His name is Lane Knapper. He works for Nickelodeon and Disney and Warner Brothers and all these people. And he's a choreographer and he's an acting and dialogue coach. So I reached out to him, hired him to come down and do it. And so what turned and what once started off as this great idea that burned me and almost caused me to shut down completely um, turned into something else. Right. So that's why I say you have to have that flexibility because you never know what your one idea is going to turn into. And so then when I met him, you know, we scaled it all the way back. Yeah, I had just him and he was able to embody everything I was trying to accomplish. And then he saw my struggle. He shared his story with me about how he got started, about how he tried to do something. And it was an epic fail. And look at him now, you know, and how he's all over the United States doing different things and on Nickelodeon and on Disney and all of this stuff. Right. And then he opened his Rolodex to me. He said, I see what you're doing. I want to help you. He opened his Rolodex, gave me people's names and numbers. He made calls on my behalf. And so that event that almost caused me a nervous breakdown, right, now is a national event. So now I have people coming in from L.A. to teach, New York, Boston, um, people who work for Disney, people who dance with Lady Gaga. I've got... um, not talent, yeah, talent agencies who do pop up and give feedback, you know? So what once started as this thing that I got rejected for and I got hit and knocked down for, and I thought I could not function anymore because the failure was too hard for me to handle. Once I was able to get myself back up and say, you got to be bigger than this. Okay. Get, you know, identify it, get over it, get back to work, get back into the grind of things have that resilience, have that faith. You know, you saw the vision, you saw what it was going to be. So don't stop until you get there. And then it pivoted, you know, it turned into something totally different, something bigger, you know? So now, now it's, now it's a monster, (laughs) you know, now it's something else. Now, Now it's got legs. Now I have people coming from different States to attend. Whereas before it was just one local city, you know, one street with all this stuff going on. And so I say to those people who feel like, you know, I've tried and I failed. Well, you got to get back up. You got to get back up. If you want to achieve, you have to get back up. I know. Okay. I literally almost had a breakdown from it on three different occasions because I felt like the pressure was too much. I felt like I couldn't handle it. Right. But then you got to have that pep talk with yourself. (laughs) You got to go look in the mirror if you have to and tell yourself who you are, what you're capable of doing. 
You know, if other people can succeed at it, so can you. You know, have the audacity to believe in yourself, believe in your vision and keep it moving. You know, you can't let that fear or that that reminder of failure keep you paralyzed because that's literally what I was. For four months, I was paralyzed. I couldn't even do my other work. Like when I said I was paralyzed, I was paralyzed. I was like a shell, you know. Um, So, you know, see the failure. Take it as a stepping stone. Take it as a learning lesson and keep it moving. That's what I got to say. Ooh, Shelly's dropping gems. Shelly's dropping <laughs> gems, y'all. If you haven't taken notes, if you are not taking notes, okay, then that means you're just going to have to listen to the episode again. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you should have been prepared. But I think that that's a great place to wrap up with those gems just being dropped about, you know, because, again, it's those are life lessons. Like, life is going to hit you like a ton of bricks at some point or the other, or 10 times because that's how it goes. And you have to get back up. You might have a portion or a period of time where you rest. Yes, honor that rest. But then you have to go back to the drawing table. And I think it's Jim Rohn that says, welcome all experiences because you never know which one is going to trigger everything, which one is going to be the domino that leads to, you know what I mean? Like your dreams realized. And so I love that you mentioned that and how it turned around. And if you would have just been like, oh, well, I could never do that again. I'm never going to do any, anything like that again, that it, it wouldn't have turned into what it is now. And the people that have been served and impacted by it wouldn't have been able to because, you know, because of your retreat, your final retreat, right? Like not going mm-hmm. back to the drawing table. So I love, love, love that story and that you shared that with us. Thank you so much. Oh, where can so I find you? Where can we find you and, you know, get linked up to everything that you're doing? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Shelly Pugh. So it's at S-H-E-L-L-I-P-U-E. I'm on Instagram. I do, for those who do need some encouragement, so those who do need some inspiration and some motivation, every single morning, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm on from 9 a.m. to 9.30 giving inspiration giving application as to how to keep moving forward, how to build your faith, how to build your confidence so that you can so that you can fulfill your purpose, so that you can get to destiny. So I'm there Monday through Friday. Um, I've also got some things. If you go to Instagram and check the link in my bio, I've got some confessions for entrepreneurs, some affirmations and things to just help you really build your resilience and who you are and so that you can have the business, the finances, the career, the family, whatever it is that you need that you could produce these things by faith with the power of your words and your belief. Wow. Thank you again. Nothing but gratitude and appreciation for all that you do and for you, you know, taking the time to come and chat with us again. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I just love what you are doing. Just saying you are, you truly are a gem. So like, even though it's called, you know, gems, like you are a gem. I, love what you're doing. I love the community that you have built and just the impact that you're making in people's lives. So you definitely deserve to be celebrated. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about.
Thank you.